We're actually going to start our service a little bit different tonight. Um, If you guys obviously haven't felt, there's a little bit different of a feel tonight. And the reason for that is that we are honoring, as we lead up to Easter, um, the Christian tradition of what is known as the Tenebrae service. So um, if you guys have been around Fellowship for a while, you know that we've celebrated this in different ways. But the hope of this and the vision for this is for us to ready ourselves for what the celebration of Easter also entailed. Because yes, he did rise. But he first died, and I think part of what we want to set you guys up for tonight is to remember, to reflect on not just the uh, defeating of death that Jesus did, but instead also recognizing that his love took him to death for us in in our place. Um, So I get the joy of doing our prayer pause tonight to start us out. Um, And the vision for this, if you've been around again for the last few months, the hope and the, the, the idea behind these is hoping for our body to be able to find some space before we start our service to focus on an aspect of our God that can give us direction and something to steady us in the midst of whatever it is that we could be learning or studying. So similar to what this graphic is, I hope that as you came in, that this is a space for you to be able to relax That as we do this and as we come together as a body and celebrate that we could both release and receive. um, And in that, that we would go about what the Lord is calling us to, to rest. So um, I'm going to dive into this part of the story of the gospel where we find Jesus walking towards and ultimately dying on the cross. Obviously, this is not the most fun or glamorous part of Easter. But I think it's necessary. And in a lot of ways, I think I want us to dive into what the disciples were feeling. Because the reality is we get the luxury of knowing that he already got up, right? Our ability to read scripture and read story on the other side of the story, we get to skip the parts that maybe for the disciples were really heavy and really intense. So I want you to think about that. Being the disciples, having walked with Jesus, becoming friends with him, to get to a place where you've just watched your friend, your teacher, the person who's called himself your Lord, be killed and what that would feel like how that would potentially create fear, anxiety, confusion, abandonment. That is a scary place to be. And I want us to not just muse over that so that we can get to the really fun parts, because I would say as humans, we tend to want to hold on to the really exciting parts of life and the joyful things without truly honoring also the fact that life is heavy and life is hard. So there's a thought that I would love to leave us with and also some time to maybe prompt you Um, to find some space as we do this prayer pause. There's a verse, if you want to pull that up, from Romans um, 15 that I thought was a beautiful thing for us to hold to. Because the reality is, in the darkness, the disciples didn't have vision to see what was coming. And yet, Jesus had told them time and time again that there was hope to be had, that even though darkness would befall him in, in his version of the story, which is him dying, there was opportunity to hold to hope because the promise of him rising was true. He had, he had told them that. So I want you to think, I want you to feel, where are places that you are experiencing darkness that you don't know when the end is coming? Where are you experiencing hardship in your life, whether this be in your family, in your job, in your body, where you're experiencing darkness and hardship, where you don't get the luxury, just like the disciples, to see when the end is coming. And how can this verse from Romans 15 give you hope? I'm going to read it over us. This comes from Romans 15. And the prayer that Paul prays is, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and with peace as you trust him, 
so that you would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This verse shows me two things. Obviously, hope is more than just a feeling, but it is something, as promised here, that the Holy Spirit would do in us. So where you are experiencing darkness, how can you pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to anchor you with hope? Knowing that it could be three days from now that this darkness goes away. It could be three months. could be three weeks. could be three years. could literally be till he comes back for you. But in your darkness, how can you know? How can you hold to? How can you experience the God of hope? I'm going to give you some time to think about that, to sit in that, and hopefully invite the Holy Spirit to anchor you with hope as we promise and know that healing is promised. It is coming. It's just a matter of time. You can take some time. King Jesus, we thank you for going to the dark places for us first. We recognize and understand full well, Jesus, in this moment, and as we celebrate um, what comes as the precursor to your resurrection, that you in every respect have been tempted and have hurt like we do, that you've earned the right to be called our empathetic high priest because you are no stranger to darkness, but the joy of the hope that we can have in our King Jesus is that the darkness has not overcome him. So I pray for every person in this room who may be experiencing their own unique version of darkness and where um, our being finite and human and our inability to see the end of that darkness, may we hold to hope where our hands are not strong enough to hold to it or our resolve is weak. May your spirit be the thing that helps us hold to it as we trust you. May the pain of life make what is given to us in Jesus all the sweeter. May we not run from it. May we not be consumed by it, but may instead we know what it means to feel it, to feel it rightly. But in that, to know that there is someone who seeks to make it well. I'm going to read this prayer over you from one of my favorite um, 
He's a, I guess, prayer writer, but I think it's really special. May you face the grit and the darkness of life with a hope that moves in little ways, in courageous ways, bringing God's love into your dark places and giving Christ a home. Let's celebrate to that end, church.
Church, would you read this with me? Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give can match your great gift to us, your son and your spirit, amen. Church, I wanna invite you to stand and worship with us tonight as we focus on Jesus. Yeah. 
together, church, one more time. Hosanna, come on. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. God. Of all the names given our Savior, this is perhaps the most tender, the most personal. Who could have imagined that the Lion of Judah, the Lord of creation, would choose to enter our world as a creature of gentle humility? Yet this was God's extraordinary plan. The sovereign would become the servant, the shepherd would become the lamb. No wonder the world did not recognize him when he walked among us. John would be the first to proclaim his divine identity on the banks of the Jordan. Behold, the baptizer cried, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Three short years later, Jesus approached the hour when his mission would be fulfilled. The ancient prophets had long ago spoken of this day. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was carried for our sorrows, was pierced for our transgression, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so the sky turned black. A rough cross was raised. And on an altar called Calvary, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was sacrificed for the sins of the world. Tonight, you've probably received communion or grabbed it from the back. And if you need to go get it, feel free to uh, go grab it. We're gonna take communion. I'm gonna let you take it as you feel led during these next two songs. We're gonna have two songs to sing together. But I just encourage you to, to enjoy the moment. Be aware and attentive of what you're doing. You're taking the body and the blood of Christ in remembrance of what he's done. So let's continue in our worship as you take communion on your own.
blood poured out is our only hope. It's the hope we have in him. We get to sing about it. Let's lift your voice together. Sing. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what
remain standing as we read the word of God tonight. We're gonna read it together as the family of God. Laura's gonna lead the women, Ryan's gonna lead the men, and I'll read the leader part. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Thank you, team. Would you repeat after me? Fellowship NWA dot org forward slash Easter. Now say all that together. Fellowship NWA dot org forward slash Easter. You didn't sound very confident. Let's try it again. Fellowship NWA dot org forward slash Easter. And when you do that, it will take you to the myriad of things going on for Holy Week, which starts tonight for you, but tomorrow for everyone else. And so I think we have the ability to bring it up on the screen there, some of the things that are going on. Yes, thank you. If you want to receive a Holy Week devotional, which should start tomorrow, if you've subscribed to Advent devotionals or our Holy Week before, then you should receive that automatically. But if not, you go to fellowshipnwa.org forward slash Easter, and it will take you right to this page, and you can sign up to read those devotionals every day, or we have also recorded them so that you can listen to them. Also, there's the Ride Home podcast. Russell Dorch and I got together a couple of years ago, and uh, we recorded uh, the harmony of the Gospels. The Easter story is told through all the Gospels. You know Russell's ability. He orchestrated as I read, and you can listen to the entire story uh, as, as it happened for Holy Week at some time during this week. It, it lasts about an hour. And uh, also... Um, This Friday in the training center chapel, uh, all day you can go over there and observe communion and just spend Good Friday thinking about the Lord. You just stay as long as you want or as short as you want, Uh, but uh, the chapel will be open all day for your convenience to just go in there and spend some time with the Lord, and we all need that, don't we? Uh, Also, like to remind you, there, there are... Tell people about the opportunities here at Fellowship this week. Uh, the, this website tells you all the different service times. We have 18 different opportunities to worship uh, this next week for Easter. So uh, we want people to know that. So they have the opportunity if they work, you know, they, they may not be able to come to a Saturday night or a Sunday morning in particular. But there are lots of other opportunities all up and down the corridor for people to worship here at Fellowship. 
Also, we want to take a moment at the beginning of the service, forgive my voice, uh, but we want to take a moment to pray for the people of Little Rock and Wynn and just remember them. This is going to be a very, very different Holy Week and Easter for them. Uh, I will let you know that we have opened our disaster relief portal if you want to donate. Uh, I've already made contact with uh, a church in Little Rock and also one in Wynn. And uh, we will be sending them funds on Monday morning uh, to help them help other people get their lives back. But more than anything, they need our prayers right now. So could we just pause for a moment and you just talk to the Lord on their behalf? Lord, we just can't imagine the fear and devastation that people are going through down there for those who have lost loved ones. And we pray for them, lift them up to you. The people of Mississippi as well. Uh, we just lift them up to you, Lord. And I know especially I think about the children that whenever they hear a crack of thunder from now on, it's going to create a brand new fear. And I'm just asking that your calming peace and presence would come over them and for those, Lord, who need to accept you as Savior, may this be a time when they say, you know what, there's something more to this life. And what a better time for them to do that than this Easter week. And so we just lift them up to you. And may the funds that we send to them, may it, may it help in an incredible way. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 53 reminds us that all of us like sheep have gone astray, that each of us has turned to our own way. We have all turned our backs on God's best for us at one time or the other. Yes, all of us have. All of us have. But that's not what the disciples were thinking about during the last week of Jesus' life. On the previous Sunday, they had watched excitedly as he entered Jerusalem. And the people waved palm branches. They threw their cloaks on the road. And for the first time, he, deserved, he received the praise that he truly deserved. This was a special day. As we've been studying Daniel, we know that this day, as Jesus wrote, Luke 19, as he said... He wept over Jerusalem saying, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring, bring you peace. And we know in studying Daniel that this day completed the 69 weeks, the 483 years, the 173,880 days. That it was on this day, as Jesus said, it was fulfilled. Not a day longer, not a day less. Jesus entered Jerusalem at the perfect time. If you had only known on this day. On the following Thursday, after Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples and established the memorial of the Last Supper, 
we observed just a moment ago. They sang a hymn and they left the place where they were and they went east. They crossed the Kidron Valley and they began to ascend the Mount of Olives to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. The place of crushing. It was the place where olives were literally crushed. And this is where Jesus would be crushed over the next few hours, crushed with dread for what he was about to endure. Dr. Luke likened his sweat to great drops of blood. He was so distressed that God sent an angel to come and strengthen him. In his words, not my will, but your will be done. Those words should ring in our ears every time that we face any sort of difficulty. Realizing that God is sovereign over our lives. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. On the way to the garden, Jesus made a shocking statement to the disciples. He told him that something scandalous was about to happen. He wasn't talking about the Jews or the Romans. He said, you will all fall away. And he backed it up with the prophecy of Isaiah. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. He told them that they would all fall away. And and that, that word for fall away is where we get our word, scandal. Something scandalous is about to happen. These men that he had spent his life with over the last three years, when when things got tough, they were going to scatter. What did Peter say? Not me. Not me. Even though everybody else will. Not me. I'll never deny you. And Jesus told him before the sun would rise and before the cock would crow, he would deny him three times. Scandalous. Scandalous what would happen. As they entered the garden, he told the disciples to sit and keep watch. But he asked Peter, James, and John to go just a little bit further with him. And as he did, he revealed to them that that he was overwhelmed with sorrow. He was deeply distressed. He was fully of the aware, aware of the severity of what he was about to experience. He knew. He knew. And he asked them to stay there and keep watch. Be vigilant. But you remember what happened, don't you? He went into the garden for about an hour. <clears throat> and when he returned... They were asleep. He asked them, could you, could you not keep watch for an hour? It had been a long day. And Mark tells us that they were weary with sorrow. But those little naps that they got that evening would probably be the last time they slept for several days. They had no idea what was coming. When he found them sleeping the second time, Mark tells us that 
They didn't even know how to respond to him. They just didn't even know what to say. They were ridden with guilt that they couldn't stay away. But I want to focus on what Jesus said to Peter when he returned the first time to find them sleeping. Mark 14, 38, he said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, there has to be more to what he was saying there because there wasn't much in the garden to tempt them. What, what about this temptation? I think he was extending far beyond the garden and prophesying of what was about to happen to them. About what happens to you and me. Our spirits are willing, but our flesh is weak. Oh, it's easy to be a Christian in here, isn't it? It's so easy to be a good, strong believer in this room. But get us outside this room and we can just be as carnal as anybody. The spirit is willing. But the flesh is weak. In just a few hours, Peter would stand in the courtyard of the high priest and deny that he knew the Lord just as Jesus said he would. And the others would scatter too, scandalous. Those words just a few hours earlier, he said he'd never fall away. But when the pressure came, before the sun rose and before the cock crowed, he denied that he even knew him. And he wept bitterly. Mark tells us that when he denied him the third time, that Jesus looked straight at him. Somewhere through the opening of a door or some way into the courtyard, their eyes met and Peter wept bitterly. He realized he had failed. The message of Gethsemane extends to all of us. Jesus would be crucified for the sheep. All of us who've gone astray. And on that cross he would die. And pay the full debt of our sin. By drinking the cup. Of God's wrath. For all of us. But he would rise again. And before he ascended into heaven. Where he promised, that he promised them that he would return. He restored Peter. And he would never deny the Lord again. As a matter of fact, he was crucified. He died a martyr's death in Rome. He was crucified up, upside down, saying that he was not worthy to be crucified as Jesus had been. So the message of Gethsemane says this to all of us. Avoiding temptation demands constant vigilance. Avoiding temptation demands constant vigilance on our part. If we want to be like Jesus, then we've got to be awake. We've got to be aware of whatever may come our way. We have to be ready. 
In order to do that, we have to stay in, stay close, and stay away. Stay in, stay close, stay away. Stay in the Word. Stay close to the Father. And stay away from temptation. Why? We have an enemy. Satan. The dragon of revelation. He wants nothing more than to disrupt your life. To put you in a situation where you deny the Lord through your thoughts, words, and actions. All of us. He never sleeps. He never takes a nap. And we've got to remember the flesh is weak. So we have to rely on the power of the Spirit. Tonight, maybe you're realizing that you need Jesus. I tried to talk to a young lady yesterday who needs Jesus. She cursed me. But you know, being silent is just as bad as cursing me. Rejecting the Lord through silence is just as bad. It's the same result in the end. Because we, if we don't know Jesus, we have no hope of eternal life. And maybe there's something tugging at your heart and saying, you know what? For this reason or that reason, I've never asked Jesus to come into my life. I've never placed my trust in Him. I've never asked Him to forgive me of my sin. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. To ask Him to come into your heart. There are people all over this room who will tell you, as I would, that when I made the decision to follow Jesus, a God consciousness came into my life and it changed everything. It changed everything for me. And so if you've been pushing him away, or you're relying on your goodness, or you're relying on anything other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ for you, then tonight is the night for you to ask him to come into your heart. I beg of you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and saying, come on, then do so. I want to try to help and make it easy for you. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And you can repeat these words after me, a phrase at a time. Just your heart talking with the heart of God. And I'll ask everyone in the room if you would repeat these words after me to make it easy for someone who's praying it for the first time. But just pray with me and talk to God and say these words to Him. Let's pray. Say each phrase after me. Lord Jesus, I ask You to come into my life right now. I believe You died on the cross and rose again for me. 
I know I'm a sinner. I've done wrong. I ask you to forgive my sin. To cleanse me. Wash me white as snow. I now accept you as my Savior. And I will follow you as my Lord. All the days of my life. Thank you for saving me. And amen. The word amen means so be it. So be it. I want to share with you what Jesus said about those who place their trust and their faith in Him. Knowing that it's not the words that you say. But Romans tells us it's with our hearts we believe and are justified. And Jesus said in John 6, 47, I tell you the truth, the one who believes will have eternal life. If you pray to receive him tonight, you go home in your Bible and you find John 6, 47 and you sign your name. And you write April 1st, 2023 there. And you remember God's promise. And let me ask you to tell someone. Come tell me. Come tell some, someone. Let us help you begin your new walk with Christ. Because it's the most important thing that you will ever do.
bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to
just focus your attention on Jesus in this moment.
sing this together. you up. Lord, we get the privilege of knowing that you were who you said you were. Lord, the privilege of uh, getting to see the end, to see the, the result. But Father, now help us to live in this tension. Lord, just to remember, Lord, that you were faithful to what you said you would do. Spirit, be with us as we go and be our guide, be our step. We love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Church, what a great night. We're gonna ask you to leave reverently again uh, just to kind of keep a heart posture of worship. Um, but if you would like to pray with somebody, we'll have our prayer team on the side walls. Um, and if you also made a decision tonight to accept uh, Jesus as your savior, would you please tell someone, just let us know. Um, we love you so much. Let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the people said,